Hi, everyone. This is Comedy Quiz producer and host David Shore. I don't know if you can hear that I have a cold, so please bear with me through these uh, few quick notes before the episode. There were some issues with Mike Bunin's mic in this episode, but you can certainly hear everything that he's saying. There is also the odd tick and or mic knock, and a mic knock is that, someone knocking the mic. Hopefully you won't find them too distracting. There are only a few of them, like I said. There are hot links to Mike and Lauren's social media accounts, also in the show notes, plus links to the two charities Lauren mentioned, as well as her True Crimes and Cocktails podcast. There's also links to all the Comedy Quiz's social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Lastly, if you do enjoy the show, please do give us a rating and or review. And if you want to listen to more episodes or subscribe, there's a link to do so on your platform of choice. Thank you so much uh, for bearing with me and my cold, and I hope you enjoy this episode of The Comedy Quiz. Welcome to The Comedy Quiz Podcast. Each show we pit two comedians against each other to play a game of fact or fiction. And here's your host, Mr. David Shore! Thank you, Shuli Cowan. I do love your intros. It is so nice to be back here on the Comedy Quiz Fact or Fiction, where it's Superstore Week. That's right. Both of today's contestants starred on the NBC hit sitcom Superstore. Let's meet them first. He's an actor and improviser who played Jeff, the district manager on Superstore. He's a former main stage performer at the I.O. West with the house team Redshirt Freshman. He was one of the stars of the TBS sitcom My Boys. Other TV credits include Mad Men, The Last Tycoon, and Modern Family. Plus, he's appeared on over 100 television commercials. Please say hello to Michael Bunin. Hello, Mike. Hello, oh, hello, David. Hello, Lauren. Oh, and he gave it away. It's Lauren, everybody. Well, let's introduce her before I really give any more away. She is. She starred as Dina on Superstore, the assistant manager. She's an alumna of the Second City main stage in both Toronto and Chicago. That's a lot of work, people. And she's an award-winning improviser, actress, writer, and podcaster. Her TV and film credits include Chicago Party Ant, Another Period, and The Disaster Artist. And she's the co-host of True Crime and Cocktails podcast. Please welcome to the show, Lauren Ash. Hello, Lauren. Hi, David. How are you? I am awesome, and it's so nice to see you. We were talking a I bit know. early. We haven't seen each other, uh, I think, since 2010. It's wow. a long time. It's, it's far long. too long. It is far, it is far too it's long. It's a long yeah. time. It's, got, it's the same for me with you, Dave. I want to say it's been a very long time since uh, As long as you and I haven't seen each other, I think, since since, since 2001. That's I think so. That's, that's, yeah. It's a very long time. So this is a 30-year reunion. <laughs> and Mike and I have no hair. Lauren looks awesome. Mike and I look. Mike and I totally yeah. look our age. And, yeah, uh, we do. We do. Uh, yeah. Just so the people who are listening can know, we can see each other, but we're not doing a video uh, of this or any of the shows because I'm editing enough people. I don't want to edit video. No, uh, it's, as, too well. it's, no too it's too much. It's too much. It's too. You don't need to see this much old man in one in one podcast. Also, no, that is also <laughs> that is also true. Very very true. So let me explain the way the comedy quiz works. I'm going to read a statement, and then each contestant will have to decide if that statement is fact or fiction. Please feel free to play along at home. And our main topic today is the film The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. All right. yes. Yeah, so you've All both right. seen The Shawshank Redemption. Everyone has seen The Shawshank Yeah. 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 All right. So let's start. Here's our first statement. 
The Shawshank Redemption is widely considered as one of the greatest films of all time and is the number one ranked film on the Internet Movie Database. That is a fact. However, it did not win any of the seven Oscars it was nominated for. Fact or fiction? Lauren Ash, why don't we start with you? Oh, wow. Okay. First of all, just know uh, the Oscars are kind of my thing. Uh, it's that's, uh, that's my Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> and so I feel like this should be something that comes to me so easily. And, and it's, it's just, it's not, it feels <laughs> impossible that they wouldn't have won at least one of them, like sound editing, if nothing else or something, you mm. know what I mean? That feels yeah. impossible to me. But then at the same time, it feels like yeah, that's one of those Hollywood stories where it's like the greatest, one of the greatest movies of all time. And it got completely snubbed. Like it feels like it could go either way. End of the day. I'm going to say fact. All right. Lauren says it's a fact. Mike, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Listen, I follow the same logic. I find it hard to believe it could be ranked so high and not one of any, but honestly, I, which I'm a huge fan of the movie, but there is one shot in there that, or two shots, in my opinion, that scream, give me an Oscar. And, and it's when he's, when he's coming out of the, you know, the tunnel of crap and he's looking up mm -hmm. and also that first shot over. So I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to say it must've, it must've won one of the categories it was nominated. In. So I'm going to say fiction. Okay. So Michael says fiction. Lauren says fact. Let's find out. It's a fact. That is right. It is a fact. The Shawshank Redemption didn't win any Oscars. One of the reasons is it came out the same year as Forrest Gump. And so it lost a lot of categories against the juggernaut that is and was. Note to self, uh, next time Lauren says, this is my Super Bowl, I'm just going to say whatever her answer is. <laughs> Look, I mean, it was, a, it was a real guess, but I was like, I don't think... Tim Robbins won for that. And I feel like he must have been nominated. And I love that that was my rationale. I was like, if Shawshank is nominated for seven things, one of them is going to be best actor. And it, it would clearly be Tim Robbins winning. So I was thinking cinematography. I really was. I was yeah. thinking it must have because of those. But I clearly was wrong. I apologize. That's okay. All right. Let's move on to our next uh, statement, which is related to that one. While it may have come up short at the Oscars, the Shawshank Redemption came up big at the box office, grossing over $120 million in the U.S. alone. Fact or fiction? Mike, why don't we start with you this time? Okay. So, I, I, again, if it's rated that high, everybody I know has seen it. I feel like it was one of those movies that right when it came out, everybody was telling me we had to see. So it must have had a huge opening weekend. It must have continued to do well. I'm going to say, I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say fact. All right. Mike says it's fact. Lauren, what do you think? I have a qualifying question. Um, <laughs> clarifying question, I should say. Yeah. Is that $125 million at the time or has that been adjusted to 2022? Numbers. That was 120 million. It was over 120 million, not 125. Okay. Um, at the time. Got it. Uh, <clears throat> now, again, I'm trying. I love that in my brain, somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I could pull out how much money the, the, ti the Titanic made. The Titanic? Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's a nana today, folks. Um, I, I, for some reason, in my mind, that feels high to me for that period of time. And if that number has not been adjusted, which I didn't think it was, but I had to ask, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say fiction. I think it would be lower. Okay. Lauren is saying fiction because she thinks basically the time period, although it came out the same year as Forrest Gump, 
which did gross, I think, like $300 million Ah, See, those were the facts that would have been helpful. Yeah. So Lauren <laughs> says it's fiction. Mike says it's fact. Lauren's pretty feeling pretty bad, but let's find out. It's fiction. That's right. All Lauren right. is correct. It is fiction. Actually, the film was released in 1994, and it was a bomb at the box office. It only grossed $18 million, which did not cover the cost of the film. And then when it was nominated for seven Oscars, it grossed an additional $10 million, And then it earned over $30 million overseas. And it eventually broke even from uh, video and DVD sales, where it grossed $80 million. So wow. Wow, what a hit at all. Yeah, I wasn't even close to being right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. And Mike, you are in the territory of... Oh, no. <laughs> we don't want to be in... Oh, no, Sorry. That's fair. But, That's fair. <laughs> but Mike, you know, it's it's still early in the game. Let's move on to our next statement. Uh, the film is based on the Stephen King novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. King has a policy of granting newbie directors the rights to his short stories for the price of $1. Fact or fiction? Uh, Lauren, why don't we start with you this time? You know, Stephen King feels like a good guy to me. That feels like it could be something along his his lore. I could believe that. I again, I'm like, if I I know it's in there, like who directed that movie? You know this, Lauren. You you must. But again, I wonder who directed Apt Pupil. Remember that was another one of of his short stories that got converted oh, into a movie. Okay. Um, the 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 you know the charming Nazi tale there. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. Uh, ooh. I mean, mm, that's tough. Who directed Stand By Me? That was a big director, wasn't it? That was another one of his stories. I'm going to say- uh, Meathead directed that. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Reiner. That's right. Yeah. Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Sorry. Yes. Gonna, I saw Mike Myers on a video today and my brain is split. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say fiction. I think he's a generous guy. I get the impression he's a good guy, but I just, I, I'm, I'm going to say no, but I wish it was true. Okay, so Lauren says it's it's fiction that uh, Stephen King charged a dollar uh, for short stories to be turned into films. Mike, what do you think? This is the part where I say to myself, I have gone against Lauren twice <laughs> and have burned pretty badly. But I, I, I mean, it's a really well written question. Let me start there. It's a really <laughs> well written question because because yes, by all accounts, he seems like he would do that. However. Because I feel like he's often at odds with the studios, I feel like that if he did that, he's setting himself up in a position to always be at odds with the studios. So no, I'm I'm going to say fiction. All right. So you're both saying fiction. And Mike, I think you're mostly banking on Lauren here. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I'm mistaken. Let's find out. It's a fact. Yep, yep no. sure. Sure. Oh, the streak continues. <laughs> Mike, it is a fact. Stephen King will allow new directors to adopt his short stories for the price of $1. And actually, uh, writer-director Frank Darabont, who directed The Shawshank uh, Redemption, he paid King a dollar to adopt uh, King's short story, The Woman in the Room, uh, for a short film he directed 10 years earlier in 1984. So there you wow. go. Wow. Uh, I'm going to say I'm happy to be wrong about that one, just because <laughs> yeah. that makes me like him even more. You know, to be honest, there was part of me that thought it was fact, but then I was like, oh, if I say fact, then Bunin's going to say fact. And so then I said fiction, but now I realize I would have been, it would have been, it's six to one. Like it, it, me trying to torpedo him getting a point 
really yeah. is cost myself a point. So yeah. I'm throwing <laughs> game theory. I'm throwing game theory out the window at this point. I'm just, it's all, <laughs> now it's all gut and emotion. That's all. The yep. rest of this game is gut and emotion for me. Yep. That's the name of your autobiography right there. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to our next statement, which is directly linked to the last one. When it came time for Frank Darabont to negotiate for the rights for Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, King this time received $500,000. Fact or fiction? Mike, why don't we start with you? Look, I, I, I'm... I'm uh, <laughs> if clearly you could see my, the look on Mike's face right now, the deer, the old man in the headlights is Mike Buted right now. Oh, God. And I think he's sweating. He's sweating. I really look in the scene where Brooks Hadlin has the knife to what's his name's throat. I look like the guy who's got the knife to his throat. That's the absolute truth. Um, I, look, it's got to be a fact. It's got to be a fact, right? So because of this is where I'm, this is normally where like, I'm like, I, I swear I remember where, where the Del Taco is. I have to go left and I always, and it should always go right. And so, I, but this time, no, I'm going to, I'm going gut and emotion. I'm saying fact. All right. You're saying fact, Lauren, what do you think? I guess for me, I'm just like, why, why would he get more this time? Like, why, why, why? <laughs> Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, I feel like even if he was an up and comer at that time, he had a, he had a famous father. He had a, not, I guess maybe he made more money from Rob Reiner too. Why am I assuming that he didn't? This is wild. Um, you know what? Fiction. I'm going to say fiction. Okay. So Lauren says fiction and Mike says fact. Let's find out. It's fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I'm a character actor. <laughs> it is indeed fiction. Uh, Darabont sent King a check for either $1,000 or $5,000. I found different amounts on different websites being quoted for the rights to the novella. Uh, King never cashed the check. And after the movie came out, he had the check framed and sent it to Darabont with a note reading, in case you ever need bail money. So <laughs> That's so poetic. This is making me really love Stephen King. And if he's done something problematic, don't tell me. Let me live in this for the next 20 minutes, please. I don't get Stephen King is a stand-up guy. I'm beginning to hate Stephen King because of my lack of knowledge of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that guy's fault for sure. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the last statement of this round. Morgan Freeman's character Red narrates the film and director Darabont credited hearing Freeman's voice while his daughter was watching a DVD of the TV show, The Electric Company, which led him to offering the role to Freeman. Fact or fiction? Lauren, let's start with you. When did DVDs come out? I don't think they were out then. Now that could be just a semantics in the question point, mm -hmm. but it also makes me think, is that a sign, you know? <clears throat> I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to go with my gut. All right, you're saying fiction. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, the issue, I'm a huge, I was a huge electric company fan as a kid, mm -hmm. okay? And I watched, I mean, I watched them religiously as a kid. Um, the DVD part is throwing me as well because I, everything about that question wants me to say that it is a fact. And I, and, and, but I, I mean- you know what? Trust, no. trust your gut. Trust your I'm, gut, buddy. I'm going to trust my. I th th this. It's big. This answer is brought you brought to you by the letter fact. I'm going fact. It's going to be fact. I'm telling you, it's going to be fact. Okay, 
Let's find out what it is. It's fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. And uh, wow, Mike, I'm just going to say uh, wow. And uh, maybe, I'll leave, maybe I'll leave it in the fact that I hit the button early and it said it's fiction and he still picks back. <laughs> <laughs> Laura heard it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's even more amazing. It goes, it's fiction. And you were like, it's fact. And I was like, oh, he's really, he's trying to play the bit. He's trying to commit to his own bit. Nope. Didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. What this a is, gift. Oh what God. a, what a GD gift. Oh, my This is God. the greatest episode of the show. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Two of you. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know what, Lord, I never thought of like the fact that, oh yeah, DVDs didn't come out in 1990. They probably weren't out. Uh, yeah. So if I would have said video, you might've, uh, bought that one. Okay. Well, all right. It's time, for my, it's time for my comeback story. Here we go. Yes. It is time for the comeback story. Um, and at the end of round one, Lauren Ash has a commanding lead of four to Zero. <laughs> There's got to be a sound clip you could find of Jeff from Superstore. Because what was the one line where you were like, "I can't stand you"? Wasn't there something he said to Dina? Uh, yes, like, I, I really don't. I, I really don't like you. Wasn't that it? I really don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you say? Didn't you say? I really don't like you. And I said, I don't care. Or I said, I know. I can't remember. I think you said, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Oh God, that's yeah. This just feels like it's screaming oh, for it, you know. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, this is this is hilarious, but not for my kids. <laughs> no, my this is, this uh, but, is the perfect description of how things are going. <laughs> and you know what? This is the time of the show where we take a minute to get to know our guests a little more. Uh, Mike, other than scoring zero so far, I understand that you. I can't stop digging at you. Sorry. Please, no. Because let's... I know you. It's because I know you. Exactly. But, but uh, Mike, is it true that you went to university on a speech and debate scholarship? Is that true? I don't know, Lauren. Is that true? Fact or fact? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we ask her, not me? I'm going to say fact. It is a fact. It is yes. a fact. Did I did? I was. Uh, I did speech and debate uh, all the way through high school and. Uh, and uh, my brothers before me, they also went to UNLV on speech and debate scholarships. So all three of us um, went there on scholarships. And what was sort of fun for me was my freshman year of college, my brothers were still there. So I was taking classes with them and hanging out with them and so forth and so on. But yes, I did go to UNLV initially on a speech and debate scholarship. Very interesting. And Lauren, I know that you're involved with the charities Best Friends Animal Society and PCOS Challenge. Can you tell us a bit about them? Yeah. So Best Friends Animal Society, uh, it is a, it's an amazing organization. They do work nationally and uh, locally across the country of uh, the great United States of America. Um, they've implemented a lot of really great initiatives, uh, like implementing the No Kill LA, for example, here in Los Angeles uh, initiative, making sure that, that shelters become no kill. I believe it was by 2023. And I think that they are very close, if not already have met that goal, which is amazing. Um, but I've done a lot of work with them over the years and it's just been a real pleasure and joy. I think that they, they are again, a great organization, um, really kind of transparent with how they run themselves. And, and, and I like that a lot. And I like, uh, I'm a big animal person. I've got a, a small dog asleep in my lap right now. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, and PCOS challenge is actually the polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, ovary syndrome, uh, organization that I, I actually found out that I had PCOS a few years ago. 
which affects upwards of one in seven um, <clears throat> people with ovaries. Oh, wow. And it's been, it's a lot, but uh, spoiler alert, I know this might sound uh, crazy, but there isn't a lot of research funding when it comes to this disorder because it only affects again, uh, women and people with ovaries. Uh, and so a lot of people go undiagnosed. A lot of people don't realize uh, no two people have the same symptoms. It, there's mm -hmm. a laundry list and you can have, you know, a literal poo-poo platter of uh, real kind of not fun symptoms. So um, finding out for me personally that I had a diagnosis was a huge relief given what I was going on, going through in my health world and going public about it. I didn't realize that there would be so many people who would be affected by me telling my story, but they did. And that's how PCOS Challenge reached out to me. And I've been working with them as well. I've gone to Washington and spoken to uh, senators and Congress people trying to um, get more funding because it's uh, it's really a huge epidemic that people mostly don't know about. So there you go. There you go. Thank Well, thank you so much for, for all of that and for all the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for letting me speak to it. Happy to. Let's, let's move on now to the speed round. <laughs> and in this round, I'll be making a series of statements to one contestant at a time. Oof. And uh, Mike, since you're behind, you get to choose mm -hmm. between our two topics, which are Belgium and insects. <laughs> oh, no. Two things I'm afraid of. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I know uh, probably nothing about Belgium, embarrassingly, mm -hmm. and I probably know almost nothing about insects other than to run or call somebody to get that insect away from me. So let's go with uh, insects. All right. So, Mike, these questions or sorry, these statements, I keep saying questions, but these uh, things I'm going to say, Mike, are just for you. Let's begin. For every human on the planet Earth, there are approximately 300,000 ants. Fact or fiction? Oof. Um, so, wow. I mean, what's the world population? My God. Okay. I think 7 billion. I think. Yeah, right? I mean, so we're talking 1 billion ants. I mean, in every nightmare I've had, that would be a fact. <laughs> that I can tell you. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, look, 300,000 ants per person. Mm -hmm. Fact. I'm sorry, Mike. It's fiction. There are <laughs> 1.4 million ants per person on the planet Earth, approximately. Well, that's that's gonna haunt my nightmares. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. It's a lot of it's a lot of ants. That's it's a, a lot, lot of ants. Let's move on to the next statement. Insects do not breathe through their mouths. Fact or fiction. And as I was reading, I thought these are gonna give Mike nightmares. This question here about insects not breathing through their mouths. But is that a fact or fiction, Mike? That's a fact. You are on the board, Mike. That is a fact. Yay! <laughs> you get a yay from yes. Shelly Cowan. That's a fact. Uh, insects breathe through holes in their thoraxes or abdomens. So there you go. You are on the board. Let's move on. There is only one true species of insect in Antarctica. Fact or fiction? Oh. Um... <laughs> fiction. I'm sorry, Mike. It is a fact. There is only is. one true of species of insect in Antarctica. And for our next statement, that lone insect species in Antarctica is a species of ants. Fact or fiction? It seems like it's you're, you're tying back. It seems like I'm supposed to say <laughs> fact, which means you know I'm going to say fiction, so I'm going to say <laughs> fact. Mike, once again, it is fiction. This, <laughs> <laughs> it is, this is... 
This is starting to, I'm starting to feel bad now. Now no. I'm starting to feel bad. No, this is just my existence. It's a species of wingless midges. Wingless midge is the species found wingless in Wingless midge. Okay. Yeah. And so, Mike, your last statement. A horsefly is capable of flying at 90 miles per hour. Fact or fiction? I have been honestly chased by some, when I was in Virginia, by so many horseflies. <laughs> um, and while I know they're faster than me, I can't run anywhere near 90 miles an hour, not even with the wind. So it's got to be, <laughs> I want to, I want to say fiction, but <laughs> fact. <laughs> It is a fact, Mike, you're on the board. Again, you are correct. It is a fact. A professor at the University of Florida once shot a pellet out of an air rifle to see if a male horsefly could catch it, and it did. Wow, what? <laughs> yes. Wow. That's an insane yeah. experiment. How do you want to go get it? Let's start I, there. What are we talking about? Hey, buddy, can you catch this? I mean, how do you how do you even tell him to go get it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Lauren, it's now your turn, and all your questions are related to the European country of Belgium. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Belgium holds the world record for longest period without a government in peacetime. And this is with regards to the, to the Western world. Fact or fiction? Now, here's the thing, Mike. You, you thought that you don't know a lot about insects, but boy, oh boy, <laughs> do I know less about Belgium. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say Fact. It is a fact. Belgium went 541 days without a government after the election held on June 13th, 2010. So that is a fact. Here's your next statement. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote the book, The Communist Manifesto, while living in Belgium. Fact or fiction? This one I feel like is in the recesses of my brain somewhere. Hmm. I, I, fiction. I'm sorry, Lauren. It's a fact. They, Damn. They were living in Belgium. Marx at the time was exiled from both Germany and France. Let's there move it on is. to your next statement. Belgium is known for its chocolate, but when giving a gift, it's considered cheap by Belgians to give Belgian chocolate as a gift instead of more expensive imported chocolate. Fact or fiction? Well, whenever I'm gifting someone cheesies back home, I don't give Hawkins. I, I upgrade to a more expensive cheesy. I'm kidding. But uh, Hawkins cheesies are the greatest thing in the world. Shout out Belleville, Ontario, my hometown. Um, only place in the world that makes them. Anyway, I'm going to say fact. It is fiction. In fact, giving a Belgian imported chocolate as a gift is considered rude in Belgium. They love their chocolate. Wow. There you go. Okay. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's star-making role of the Terminator only happened because the muscles from Brussels, Jean-Claude Van Damme, turned down the part. Fact or fiction? This is... This is... <laughs> Fact. I'm sorry, Lauren. It's fiction. Damn it. You're turning into Mike. You're going bald. I'm sorry. My eyes. <laughs> turning it to an old man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your last statement. There are over 1,500 Belgian beers, and each has its own unique glass. Fact or fiction? I feel like there is so many Belgian beers. I feel like a lot of beers are in weird glasses. I'm, this is spoken like a true non-beer drinker. I recognize that. <laughs> I'm going to go hard and say fact. 
It is a fact. There are 1,500, over 1,500 types of beer in Belgium, and each one does have its own glass. I remember backpacking and uh, in Belgium, and they wouldn't serve you the beer unless they had the glass for it. Wow. So let's total all of that up. And the winner is... It shouldn't be a surprise you're keeping attention, but the winner is Lauren Ash by a score of 6-2. to two. God. And guess what, everybody? That's the end of the show. Yay! Yay! Love it. That is the end of the show. I'd like to thank our contestants, Mike Bunin and Lauren Ash. You can follow Mike on TikTok at Michael Bunin and Lauren on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth Ash. If you like today's show, please give us a review and hit subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comedy Quiz Pod. My name is David Shore. On behalf of Shuli Cowan and myself, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. 